So Kate, I'm absolutely delighted to have you on board. We've been kind of friends and peers in, in the same sector for what, quite a while now, but recently we've got together on a few bits of content and we've been supporting each other. I've always admired you, admired you from afar and been very impressed with your business achievements, but I really want to get to know you a bit more and hear a bit more about your story. So I know you've been through quite a lot in your life and uh, please feel free to go back as, as, as far as you'd like to and uh, share some of your, some, your experiences. Yeah, no problem. It's nice, nice to do it, and actually nice to talk about, I suppose, your personal journey because I think often it, it's focused on business. But I think what makes you successful is often what's happened to you in your life, and your life experiences have a have a big impact. Um, yeah. Look, I think for me, um, I often kind of I'm, in my family, um, everybody is um, a teacher or um, you know working for a bank or working for a corporation there's no one that's actually been entrepreneurial as such so I was kind of always felt different growing up um never felt like I fully fitted in um but never really understood why and I think probably it's only in my 40s that I've reflected on that feeling and I think I've um I've married somebody as well who um I think felt the same so I think we both feel like misfits um and I watch my kids now as well Chris um growing up and I it's interesting that a lot of behaviours that children have, that I think we probably had, aren't accepted in mainstream school. Yeah. Um, in the sense of that difference, that kind of thinking differently, non-conformity. Um, you know, I always said with my um, with my eldest son Joshua, even from a younger stage, you would never go up the slides the right way or the the way that we were told was the right way. He'd always climb up it sideways or go down on his head rather than on his bottom and then I kind of look at that even from a young age of kind of um being different wanting to push the boundaries and wanting to see how you could do it in a different way and it's not accepted as a norm it's like and actually to be fair some of that now in business is really celebrated but as a child growing up it's often squashed out of you and it's often like that that's not how it's meant to be and I think um I probably experienced that, but without an understanding as a child, I'm trying to bring my boys up to kind of push those boundaries, know where the line is, because you've got yeah. to know how to conform as well. It's, it's important to have balance, um, but not kind of take away that that different way of thinking, that different way of approaching things. Um, and I think, um, look, I mean, as women, we've we've got lots of, I've, done, I've not shared this actually, I'm, I'm sat here in my brain thinking, Chris, do I share this or not share this? But um, I had a situation where I was 14 where I was sexually assaulted and um, and it wasn't particularly dealt with 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 well in the sense of it, it was a bit shocking and nobody understood it. I didn't tell my parents for two weeks right. um, and then it, we didn't report it um, and I've probably only really dealt with that um, in the last few years. It gives me claustrophobia um, I get um, panic attacks if um, we went to Disney last year and my husband said you just need to kind of do it so feeling like I can't escape or I'm tied down yeah. um, really affects me. So the minute they put a, the, the top of a roller coaster over me, it's not the roller coaster I'm scared of. I, meet, I get this rush of heat because I can't change my mind if I want to get out. I'm yeah. all right when it's actually started moving, but that 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 kind of, that, that bit, yeah. and that does link back to that. Um, but I also think my kind of, um, my drive to... Um, have things better in life and be able to do things differently come not just from that but I suppose from growing up and not having a great deal um and or having always having to make choices and that that concern about money or whatever yeah and we, we were still better off than a lot of people but it still felt like that that was definitely there and you, you can't have that or um you know 
the school disco and not having a, a new outfit for it and how that kind of made me feel and how that affected me and right. I want different for my children but I also wanted different for me so I, I laugh sometimes whenever I go to my new I'm like oh, I want a new outfit and my husband you really need a new outfit but actually it does come from um actually me wanting to feel good about myself which I haven't necessarily over the years yeah um definitely come across as a confident um individual but there's definitely um there's a definite another side of me that um that comes from so it's not having that confidence, not feeling accepted. Um, and, yeah. and I think, you know, I do think it gives us drive. So I think it gives that positivity. And then if you surround yourself by people that bring the best out of you or accept you as you are, um, but I definitely feel that um, that's the thing I have to battle against most, even in business, yeah. that rejection feeling. Because right. it calls into something deep inside of you that's been there, been there before. Um, and I think probably the way I run the business is that I'm really, really open with my team about my my worries about myself or my um, lack of confidence in certain areas. And, you know, I went through about about six or seven rounds of IVF. I lost count in the end for, for my really? boys right. um, wow. whilst, whilst running the business. Um, so, and I, I lost... Um, I did lose babies as well, so I miscarried throughout that time. Sorry. And no, do you know I, I'm I'm really open about that. The, the bit of fourteen I've never really talked about, but I'm really open about the IVF and miscarriage journey because actually women need to know that there are other women in that situation that we've been through it, and that you know yes. I've got a good story at the end that I've got two boys. I would have wanted more if I'm honest. I wanted a really big family. <laughs> family is actually more important to me than business. I would have had I'd have had loads. Um, and I kind of look at that and think that was a huge trauma of that. I, I, I might not be able to have children. Um, and then I suppose how that kind of resonates is that whilst you're a single business owner running a business and you're also going through IVF and losing babies and trying to get pregnant whilst managing a business, that really, you know, people say, oh, you can't be stressed. You can't be this. You can't be that. And other people go through the journey taking time off and you, you can't because no. um, you've got you've got a double responsibility um but I might I think probably because of the culture we've got I had an open team and they always knew when I was going through it you know they knew when I'd lost a baby that they was as happy as I was I think when the, when Joshua was born and we finally had a baby you know we, okay. we've achieved you know as a team we got there yeah. um and, and yeah I think um that probably been during the business time um was a really really tough time um you know and I, I reckon probably it was a seven-year period of um of pregnancy miscarriage IVF you know trying trying to have a baby not easy wow I mean thank you very much for sharing all of that in a very succinct way actually and obviously there's a lot more to it and um I'm sorry to hear about what happened to you at 14 I mean that I can't imagine what that's like and then subsequently the you know the IVFs as well but I mean that, for that to happen to you at such a young age I mean what what have you done to to to, to try and kind of deal with that emotion have you have you have you had any sort of counseling or therapy or have you done it in done it yourself have you internalized it I know you touched on in a way uh, it's enabled you to be the person you are and be that vulnerable self and then be be this person that then builds a business around the right principles but i'd be interested to find out 
your journey from when that happened to to how you how you've coped with that because you just can't you can't have that happen to you without having any form of um you know uh pain or or not not speaking to anybody else about it have you had any 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 help with it at all i have and i think i, I was very good at putting it in a box and putting it on a shelf for a very long time and then i was very good at at saying it but not really deeply talking about it i yeah. think um i think I've, I've got an amazing husband i've said husband we've been together 17 years we've only been married to two chris but um <laughs> who's um who's actually um very in touch with himself as in like you know he's had therapy he's been through quite a lot in his life and we're able and probably it was his challenge to me to say well you know what 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 are you doing about this because yeah it, it is deeper than that um so I have had therapy I think therapy is really important um for anything actually that you go through whether it's a divorce or a childhood trauma or or even IVF and loss of babies because it's grief it's loss um, and I think, um, and I think you know, we had therapy together. We had couples therapy, and um, which helped us to uh, understand how these things impact on relationship as well. How they uh, for, for his his things as well, because we always laugh about the word normal. There is no normal. Who is normal? Yeah. None of us are normal. I'm not normal. And we always laugh about that. Um, there is no normal in the world. Um, and to work out how that dynamic works with you as a as a team as well, yeah. um, and how you how you cope with that, and I think that's important as you go through life because you know if you're together a very long time, which you hope to be, all your team members work with you for a long time, you go through a huge amount and things mm. change. You might come as one person and then you know things come out, but from that, no therapy really helped me, and then being open with um, people about my claustrophobia is really strange. Like it it is linked to that. Um, yeah, so, um, I mean, and I have thought about, you know, there's a new therapy that kind of deals with specific traumatic events that you can pinpoint um, and they, they retry and retrain your brain. And we've talked about doing that recently um, because, yeah. and actually probably when I started dealing with it, Chris, is when it started to affect my life. And that's probably only been more recently in the sense of I'm going to go to Disneyland. I can't get on a roller coaster. I can't do, do things with my kids. Like, why is something that happened to me? you know 30 years that more than 30 years ago actually affecting how my body responds and I do think yeah. the whole trauma in your body as of well course. um yeah how how it, how it responds to this and I think the other thing is but you know we've had um all the trauma in our life as a family which I is it un, was it unlucky but you know um Matthew smashed his leg um how many years ago seven years in 12 at 12 places which you know had to really? learn to walk again and wow. Yeah, right in the middle of IVF cycle, that one was. That was what? that was interesting. Rocking yeah. up in the wheelchair. Um, and um, I've got a son who has abandonment trauma based on our um, a very close member of our family passing away when he was six, and it's really affected the way Josh's brain works. Um, and it's interesting, um, childhood trauma, talking... Uh, one of the things that frustrates me at the minute, Chris, is the fact that people talk about kids are really resilient, kids can get through anything. You've no understanding of the impact of... Of, of this pandemic on because it is abandonment really it's that I can no longer be with you um, and I've seen in my little one Charlie who wasn't affected by that his behaviours change and they're not too well it is dissimilar to Joshua because it's masses of extremes apart but we also put Joshua in therapy Chris so Joshua had therapy for three years hmm. he's, he's just, just about to turn 11 
And as we had parental therapy on the back of Joshua's therapy, and I learned to parent really, really differently. Yeah. And I think it's important to learn. You know, we learn about your front brain, your back brain, the way that your childhood trauma and the way you learn to react is, is innate and, and it's just going to happen. But actually, how do you, your emotional brain will switch off. And Joshua's really been interesting to watch as a child who's, who's gone through that and we're working yeah. with him to do that and improve it. But also we've pushed the boundaries in school and school have learned a lot from us saying, no, actually that's not ADHD, that's um, childhood trauma. Um, and it, it's been really, with a fantastic educational therapist who's worked with school and Joshua and us. But we, as a, that, that was something that you have a baby, as you talked about my journey, he, he's born perfect with no, nothing going on, although they have your genetics. Yeah. And then something happens as a family that, you know, there's a number of deaths in a very short period of time and, and Matty's leg. And it really affected Joshua's. Suddenly the reality of the world at that very young age really kicked in and it affected him. So it, we're probably a very, very kind of like therapy is really good if you get the right therapist. If you get the right person that can work with you and your family or whoever it is, it's so important to deal with things and not let them sit because it can affect your whole way of life if you don't do that. I, I, to, I totally agree with that. And I think I think um, it's. I find it fascinating how. Um, I mean, I've spoken to three or four women like you now, and you know, all your trauma is is quite hard to put into words. But I, I, I do find it fascinating how how different people deal with different things. Um, and I always say you, you kind of have a choice. Um, I still do believe that. So what I mean by that is you, you can't. You can either. You can either allow it to victim. You can either victimize yourself or use it to your benefit in terms of it. Almost as if the trauma that you've been through, you can recognize it in in your children and other people. So you're therefore better able to parent that. And I think in, in a bizarre way, what's happened to you is, is awful, but it's probably enabled you to be a better mother. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, it's wanting to reflect and learn as well because actually whatever you think um you can educate yourself to know differently and i think even though um even though i would have thought that i knew how to handle certain things going yeah. through what i did with joshua he has taught me loads so example he was a very very talented gymnast chris so really had an ability to go somewhere with that he was yeah. at a gymnastics club his trainer um he was doing 14 hours a week at seven you know his trainer was poorly and had to stop and he got a new trainer new trainer came in no matter what we talked about about the way to talk to Joshua eye contact is really important being near him is really important tone of voice is really key key into somebody who's had trauma the shouting and the aggression um just it got too much for Joshua and Joshua said to me one day I can't hear him anymore I, I can't hear him and then I talked to the educational therapist. She said, he is so clever. His brain's actually switched off to say, you're not helping me anymore. Yes. I can't cope yeah. with you. So I'm just not going to hear you anymore. <laughs> he was actually serious. He said, no, where I am, I can't seem to hear what you're saying. Mm. Um, and, and he created so many strategies that were really, really, really great for him to be able to cope and get over a lot of this. Yeah. Um, and I think we all do that. But with help, with, with being able to go to an expert, and I think that's important to say, how do I do this better? How can I be a better mum to him? Yes. I, I was always the first to, I was a tough mum. I, I wouldn't say I was disciplinary, and I'm a very, very nurturing mum. I'm a very huggy person anyway. 
but I was a tough, you know, you know, that's unacceptable. That's not how we behave. Yeah. You know, I'd be the first to come down on Joshua if we were in a play area and, you know, there was an issue. You know, I wouldn't be looking at the other child as, as many mums do. I, I'd be looking at what, what could you have done differently, Joshua? Um, and I learned to parent differently on the back of the therapy about that and learning about that trauma yeah. and how it affected him. And, and what and, and I I made some mistakes, Chris, you know, in therapy, Joshua, and we've got the relationship, he can challenge me and say that that's unhelpful when I felt this when he said that. And we yeah. talk a lot about feelings. Um, and it's so important to educate yourself, so important to understand how you can do things better. Uh, and in every walk of life, and I do think that's helped me looking at individuals that have gone through things in my business and there is a point where you can't help people where you're absolutely yes. right they need to make that step themselves i've had people in my business where you know they've been going through domestic abuse and a number of things and i've gone so far i've paid for a lot of my guys to have therapy yeah but at the point where they have to make a choice to then say i'm going to do something differently going through therapy is a choice to go through pain to come out with yeah. something better but the process is painful and it's really hard um, and you've got to commit to doing that. Otherwise, you know, clever people, we can go to therapy and get nothing out of it because of we're either not being honest or we're, 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 I mean, to be fair, that's partly why I say get the right therapist because there are therapists out there that can spot that I'm out, but there are also yeah. therapists out there that wouldn't know um, and it becomes comfortable and you know, so you want somebody to push you to say, are you actually dealing with this? Or, or are you going to accept your life in that way and not go through this? Oh, that's okay too. You know, if that works for you, yeah. it, I don't think it works for me. I'm somebody that wants to improve and be better. I, I, I certainly don't want, um, I think the thing Matthew and I talked about is, um, and we are a team, and I'll talk about him because as a family, you know, it, it's us, is that we don't want to pass on our stuff to our kids yeah. And you will if you don't deal with it because you will back accident. We will anyway, you know. And yeah. they'll go to therapy and say, oh, my mum affected me when she did this. We're not going to get it 100% right. But education and learning yourself and dealing with your own issues what can only help you you down the generation. I think that's spot on. There's a few things there. And it's no wonder why you're doing so well as a, as a leader. I think all good leaders are prepared to, um, you know, expand their learning and grow and develop and improve themselves. But... I mean, up until recently, you know, people spend thousands of pounds on watches or cars or, 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 or iPhones, but when they're asked to spend a couple of grand on personal development or, or self-coaching, they're like, hmm, I'm not really sure about that. It's a really strange thing. And I just think, you know, any, any spare money that I've got, I, I always try and reinvest it into myself so I can then be a better, better leader and a better person. And I think it's personal development is, is, is so important. It doesn't matter who you are, who, who coaches the coach, who leads the leader. We all need someone. And secondly, I think, um, you know, obviously the, uh, the IVF, uh, I've, I've had friends who've a couple uh, who had five, you've had six or seven. So I've got some familiarity with the pain, the cost, the emotional trauma that, that, that you have to endure for that. But and linking, linking that with the, the sexual assault around you not feeling worthy, you having low self-esteem and low confidence in your personal life, but surely that's manifested in your business around having that imposter syndrome because i don't know but on the face of it yeah, i think so yeah on the face of I, it I've, I, I've, do you know Chris, it's, it's about feeling like you failed yeah right as a woman the one thing i should be able to do is reproduce and get pregnant and and, and actually while you're going through it everybody's pregnant 
like literally like wherever you go it's a bit like if you said not seen a green lorry suddenly you see 10 you know everyone's yeah. pregnant because that's what's on your head wow. and, and it's also the age you are everyone's getting married and getting pregnant and doing it easily and you're thinking or popping the third one out and you're thinking you know and I think um as much as you're open about that journey nobody deeply understands um the pain of um it failing again and also to be fair all the hormonal changes you go through what you're doing to your body is, is pretty horrific yeah um, and then and for me after I had um a number of failed attempts after Joshua so Joshua randomly was natural Chris so I had failed IVF and then randomly got pregnant with Joshua um naturally so we were like brilliant oh, it wow. works you know and then yeah. and then but the actual the hardest one was Charlie. So I then had Joshua and thought, oh, it's gonna be okay. Um, and then it wasn't. And we we really couldn't get pregnant with Charlie. And then I had Joshua when I was 36, and it took me till I was 41 to have Charlie. So right. um it it was and I was told by a Manchester fertility clinic just to give up, right? You're not you're not gonna have another baby. Um, and there's some patch I just lost a baby about four days earlier and some patronizing consultant says, I'll never forget it. So if you've got a bag of eggs and most of yours are red and you've got the odd green one on, the chances of us getting a green one are, are really remote. So um I would I would save you money for business class seats and go off on holiday with the son that you have got. Right. And I, and I came out of the room and I was like, A, who is he to tell me to focus on the child that I do focus on? Yeah. B, I wanted a big family, right? So, and and I and then for me, the desire to have a second baby was about having a sibling for the first. So actually, the desperation to have Charlie was more than it was when I was trying to get pregnant with Joshua. And people don't. They say, "You've got one." Oh, so you've won a prize, yeah? That, well, that's not what I wanted in my life. And actually, I don't want Joshua not to experience having a sibling. And and that's great for some people, but I wanted four, you know. So like, you know, this is not what I wanted. Um, and people say we've got a successful business you do really well I'm not interested in that this is what I want I wanted to be a mum and I came out of that room and I was 39 at that point and and Matt and I looked at each other I'm not prepared to give up so we went to London and I travelled daily to London for um, the next um, it was it was two rounds of IVF that I went through in London one didn't work one one worked which is the last one I said I'm not doing it anymore I turned 40 um, and um, I said I'll try one last time um, mm. and I got pregnant with triplets and I lost the other two um, wow. and Charlie survived wow. um, and Charlie, Charlie survived so um, he's a triplet but he's the only one um, yeah. But, um, but yeah and even that in itself I got my head around having three babies I'd researched prams and then I lost the other <laughs> two but, um, but Charlie um, Charlie's a little fighter I mean Josh often says well of course he's and he's huge like you know he's in eight clothes he's just turned right. six he's, he's a yeah. big he's a big boy and Josh will often say well that's because there's three of them in there mom. Um, and and um, he's, he's got the strength of the others um, and that's just made me emotional um, but right. yeah it's um, it, it, it's about sorry I did really mm-hmm. well there um, but it's about um, you know it's, it, for me it's about your life dreams and your goals are yours no one can tell you that one baby's enough or no. you should give up Um and do you know what? If I had given up, we wouldn't have Charlie. And I just, I kept going. And to be fair, I would have kept going for um, uh, another one, um, even at 41. But yeah. I, I, my disc, you see that scar there? I have to look at oh, that yeah. on Zoom. Yeah. I, um, my disc and my neck went just um, 
just as they were starting this next round of IVF to try for a third. Oh, so I was a little yes. punishment in a sense, but um, but I, so it just I got too old basically, right. um, and and they had to remove my disc. They went through the front of my neck to get to the my. Oh my god, disc that's, that's quite a, that's quite a serious situation. <laughs> it, it was a bit crazy, but maybe I was also I I probably do have a faith, and I kind of believed actually maybe I've maybe I've got the two I'm meant to have, um, you know, and and they're they're brilliant so. Well, oh my God, I'm so touched and so inspired. I mean, we could talk for, for hours on end, but I think, I think how you've articulated your story and what, what you've gone through is an absolute testament to yourself to, to, to bring up those two beautiful children, um, to fight through that adversity, you know, from a, from a teenager to have that kind of put upon you and uh, to still deal with that now and, and then to be as successful and as powerful as you are, I know you do so much in the community and on radio shows and all sorts, you know, you're a bit of a phenomenon. So I, I take my hat off to you. And, uh, you know, I, th I think um, there's so much to be said for people like you, leaders like you, sharing their story, because it just proves that we're all human beings at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, I'm pretty open, but um, it's probably the first time I've been asked to talk about the other side. Often, you know, it is about what's your leadership or talk to them about business or talk to yeah. them whatever. But, you know, we all have a story. We've all come from somewhere. We've all had, you know, talk, people talk about their journey. But for me, there yes. is being a journey. You don't get to, you know, I'm 47. I don't get to 47 without going through something. And I think as well, you're, you're quite similar to me around this whole vulnerability piece. I think, I think um, it's only dawned on me up until the last couple of years that being this vulnerable self um, can really, really help with, from a business sense as well, with engagement of your people and, and making them feel that it's okay for them not to be okay and open up as well. I mean, just to finish off, how, how would you correlate uh, utilising your experiences and your, your annual vulnerability in terms of maybe building a business and performance and all that kind of stuff? I think it's about curiosity and listening um i'm super curious about where somebody's at and my team will say you can't get away with not feeling down when kate's in the room and and the world say no one else noticed today but i i'll just walk in and say you're right you're right um so you've yeah. got this power of actually making me emotional um and they'll say not the desk or whatever and then my other leadership team will say have they been fine today i said it was just something something not right and, and I think it's about being curious. In life, if you're curious as opposed yeah. to busy, um, with whoever you are, your friends, your family, just stopping and saying, and meaning it, not saying, how are you? Um, and, and actually stopping. And, and then when they say something, it's a follow-up question. It's a curiosity. Um, that, that is really important. And, and then listening um, and having that kind of openness and acceptance that um, whatever they're going to tell you is okay, that they're not going to be judged, that actually we all go through something and that um, you might yeah. not have gone through yeah. it, you might not understand it. Don't pretend you do if you don't, um, but just listen. Yeah. Listen to hear and, and to, yeah. you know, that's, that's empathy, isn't it? And when, when, yeah. anyone, when anyone asks me how I am, I actually tell them how I am. It's not this kind of, yeah, I'm fine. If I'm feeling a bit anxious, I'll, I'll bloody say it. And it, sometimes it's... But, yeah. and, it, and every time people are like a little bit shocked but then they're, they're kind of on my level and they open up as well and I think I think it's just the way it's the way forward I, I often I, say Chris do you actually want to know yeah. so often I follow I, yeah. I, have, I do often especially if I'm not feeling great I say do you want to know or are you just are you just passing the time of day yeah um, yeah which is my challenge back don't ask me if you don't actually want to know 
I think that's brilliant. So before we conclude, is there any kind of passing thoughts around even some tips or advice around people going through similar stuff or adversity or or any kind of tips around as we evolve, hopefully out of lockdown? Because for me um, personally, on, on one hand, I'm quite excited about the, you know the restrictions being lifted, but there's a bit of intrepidation as well. What are your thoughts? I agree. I absolutely agree with that. And something I said recently was, um, and actually something I was going to post about is how are you feeling about coming out of lockdown? Because yeah. you put, might put on weight. I've put on weight. Um, you might not feel great about yourself. Suddenly, um, I've gone from hiding away to, to going out there. I know I've got two kids that I'm talking to about that because everyone's like, oh, the schools are back and I'm so happy about that. But I've got two boys that are going to respond to that really differently. One who yeah. likes to be at home because he feels safe you know um and and one that's really really out there wants to get back to school that's the same as going back to the office or your nervousness or how you feel for me it's about um actually acknowledging that to everybody it's not going to be the most exciting thing even to the most extrovert from a year ago (laughs) they've gone through trauma and they may have changed so no presumptions um, and actually ask the question of your friends as well and I think if you've gone through trauma or you're struggling with anxiety and to be fair I've been anxious in in lockdown I felt yeah. overwhelmed um, and this time so it's really affected me is about self-care and what is it that helps you um, and taking time to understand that um, and I... then doing whatever that is um, and whether that's a bath and locking the door or whether it's going for a walk it's not a run and exercise for everybody right it's not really no. related to learning French for everybody either do what it is that's right for you it might be eating a bar of chocolate and binging on a Netflix movie that might make you feel good if that's what helps you self-care yes then 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 you do that um and for me it's also about seeking help from friends or family that actually um will give you proper empathy and seeking people to be around you that actually genuinely care rather than having a massive group of friends that half of them yes are actually that interested because it's a bit like Facebook friends. What does that actually yeah. mean? You know, totally. who are your at- people that you can rely on and trust and be around you to, and don't be frightened to pick up the phone to somebody saying, I'm really struggling at the minute yeah, and, and having a good cry or expressing how you feel. Don't be frightened of doing that. Cause if you do it the right, and if you do it with a person that doesn't accept it or doesn't like it, they weren't your friend in the first place, right? So just learn something, move on, find somebody who actually is a genuine friend or, or genuine person. It's authentic to actually caring about you. I think that's amazing. I think the power of saying no is so beneficial. Like I deem as saying, saying no to someone or something is saying yes to you. You don't have to be a people pleaser. You don't have to say yes to every single thing. And I think, I think I've recently done an audit of, of my friends and be very ruthless around is that person, what is that person giving me and vice versa and my time. Uh, but also as well, this whole coming out of lockdown thing, there's, I think there's a lot of pressure that will be around. Let's go down the pub, let's socialize. And I, and I think, yeah. My, my view is that I'll do it if I want to. I'm not going to be forced into it because there's certain elements of lockdown that I don't want to give up as well. And I think it's all that kind of stuff. And I think one thing lockdown has done is, on the whole, is is, is I think made, made people a bit more self-aware and a bit more self-accountable for themselves. Yeah, be reflective. You know, take because you might not have taken that time to work out what has been good and what hasn't for you. Yes. Um, because often we're just, even in lockdown, we're on that kind of, we're homeschooling, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're trying to keep our businesses afloat. There's been a lot of panic and a lot of overwhelm there. And everyone thinks it's been really relaxing and chilled out. I've not, I've had the hardest year, I would say, um, right. that I've had in years. 
from it trying to keep things going, being really busy, trying to look after the kids, trying to be everything to everybody. Yeah. There's, there's, you've got to make time. And I'm saying it for me as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, yeah, listen to yourself, McCarthy. <laughs> and to, to, to go and reflect on what's working for you and what isn't. And then go and put those in place before you forget. I think that's a brilliant place to stop. I just wanted to reiterate how uh, proud I am to have you on as, as, a, as a phenomenal guest. Oh, and how... thank you, Chris. Thanks for asking the question. No, oh, well, I don't know what you don't get. I'm really inspired by you. I'm sure many listening will be the same. And uh, thank you so much again. And uh, I'm sure we'll be speaking again soon. The Purpose Led Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Vincherry. Vincherry are all-in-one CRM and ATS platform, purpose-built for recruitment staffing agencies. I chose to partner with Vincherry because, honestly, I'm a customer. They keep me competitive plug into my calendar and email and make the whole admin part of my job as a recruiter a hell of a lot easier. The Purpose and Leadership Podcast list get 25% off Vincherry's onboarding. So if you're looking for a recruitment CRM to accelerate your growth, check them out at vincherry.io forward slash Chris O'Connell.